Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the anointing on the word. So what we're looking at, I'm going to tell you this first, and then, we'll, then we're going to get into it. Then I'm going to remind you of it throughout the message. Um, your daily routine, your confession of the word of God, your confessing God's word, is not to change your circumstances today. You, you don't have a daily routine of however much confession, and you don't throw it at a circumstance. It doesn't work. It's not what confession of the Word is for. Confession of the Word is to change the way you think, to get you in a place of faith, so that when you're in faith in a situation, circumstances change. And that's what we're talking about tonight. And this was never the fact that it was the fault of the people that preached this. But in my growing up spiritually, and I heard the word taught, in a lot of the beginning years of my walk with God, that's what I did. I I threw confession of the word at circumstances to change them. And in some situations... In some situations, it was out of desperation or out of fear that something wasn't going to change. Well, if I confess the word enough, then maybe it'll change. It's not the purpose of confession. There's a difference in confessing the word and then declaring in faith that something is a certain way. And you have to come to that place. Every human being has to come to that place where you really believe the Word, but you'll never get to the place of belief if you don't confess the Word and develop a daily routine around God's Word to where you you hear yourself speaking it and then learning to apply it to the situations that you face. It'll never work. So, I'm just going to throw a bunch of Scripture at you, and I'm going to read it as slow as I can. Mark 11 and verse 22. And Jesus' whole statement here was about the cursing of a fig tree. I'm not going to talk all about that. Go back and read the story. I'd really encourage you to go back through and read the stories that I'm going to talk about because I don't have time to, to talk about everything leading up to that. But he cursed a fig tree, and the fig tree didn't die immediately. Because they saw it and, 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 and it wasn't dead, and then they saw it and it was. And his statement in verse 22 of Mark 11 was, he answered them and said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Have faith like God has faith. Assuredly, I say to you, this is how God has faith. Whoever says to this mountain, and in, in, in what we're reading today doesn't have to do with a literal mountain, but mountains are obstacles in life. Whoever says to this mountain, obstacle, this issue in life, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have everything that he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, 
Whatever things you ask for when you pray, when you connect with God, when you're connected to God through His Word, and you're asking for something, you're declaring something, you have to believe it when you say it to see it. And that is a whole process of time. And I'm telling you today, the only way to develop that in your life is through a daily routine of the Word of God, the confession of the Word of God. When this series, toward the end of this series, I've got some new daily routines that I'm going to give you. They'll be on the screen or I'll have them printed out either way. And, uh, and, and I, want you, I, I want you to understand in a greater way how important this is because there's really no there's really no walk with God on the planet without the understanding the revelation of the word controlling your life there, there there's no real life here we just exist we just go through the motions people just go through the motions of thing and get wrapped up and get their worlds wrapped up in something that can distract them from pain and suffering and things that aren't working i don't want to i don't want my life to be wrapped up my life used to be wrapped up in golf and it was my savior until Jesus became my Savior, and I tried to keep it as my Savior even after Jesus was my Savior because I didn't know how to deal with it. And over time, I realized that's not my Savior. My faith is not in that. My faith has to be in Him. And we have to learn how to replace that. Your daily confession is to change the way you think, and I'll show you through the Word. <clears throat> So I'm going to read to you, I'm going to read you this story out of Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. So follow with me. And I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible so that it's kind of a little more exciting. Because I'm just going to read through it. I mean, you know, I can't read through something and not stop somewhere. So... The title of Hebrews 3, 1, the title at the beginning is The Centerpiece of All We Believe. Here we go. So my dear Christian friends, companions, in following this call to the heights to take, take a good hard look at Jesus, he's the centerpiece of everything we believe. Faithful in everything God gave him to do, Moses was also faithful but Jesus gets far more honor. A builder is more valuable than a building any day. Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. Moses did a good job in God's house, but it was all servant work, getting things ready for what was to come. Christ as son is in charge of the house. Now, if we can only keep a firm grip on this on this bold confidence, we're the house. Everybody say, I'm the house. You know, what Moses did was great. And he was faithful to, to protecting and, and, and ministering to the house of God. And what was the house of God and, and the tabernacle of God. He was faithful to that. But now we're the house. Spirit of God's on the inside of us. Now follow. That's why the Holy Spirit says, today, please listen 
Don't turn a deaf ear as in the bitter uprising, that, that time of wilderness testing, even though they watched me at work for 40 years, your ancestors refused to let me do it my way. Over and over, they tried my patience. What do people do today? People still try to do it their way. There's God's way, and then there's your way. And there's every other way, but then there's God's way. So we gotta, what, what we need our daily routines for is to change the way we think so we're not trying to do it our way, we're doing it His way. Can you say amen? They refused to walk down my road, exasperated, I vowed they'll never get where they're going, never be able to sit down and rest. We don't want to be those people. And we have no need to be those people. And we have the mercy and the grace of God working on our behalf like never before in the history of the world. In the last 2,000 plus years since Jesus left here, that mercy and grace, the opportunity to keep after it until we get it, is there for us. Not like it was here. So watch your steps, friends. Make sure there's, that's verse 12, watch your step, friends. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God. For as long as it's, as it's still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. What is sin? Disobeying God. But see, listen to me, you'll never know what is God in a situation if you don't have a daily routine. What's confession of the word for? Change the way we think. So I'm not trying to do it my way, I'm beginning to do it his way. Watch. For as long as it's it's still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down our reflexes, slow us down and keep us from from fulfilling the call that God has on our lives, in essence. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this for Christ for the long haul. These words keep ringing in our ears. He keeps saying this over and over again. Today, please, listen. That's what he's saying to us. Listen. Listen. And there's no greater thing you need to be listening to than you speaking the Word of God. There's nothing greater. Why do you come here? To hear the Word preached, right? What I'm giving you right now and the information and the Scriptures I'm giving you, it'll change your life if you do something with it. But then you take this, you know, there's a number, you know, I told you last week that, or last time, that every time I hear the word preached, there's something in the word preached, there'll be a statement made that I make mine personally and I put it in my daily routine. I write it down. There's about five or six or ten or a hundred that you could write down tonight. That you could make your daily, the, the things that I'm saying from the word of God that you could make a part of your life. See, so you hear the word taught, but then at the end of the day, it's the true teacher, the Holy Spirit, that he's saying, make sure to listen to him. 
But there's nothing to listen to if we're not hearing ourselves declare the word of God. Remember, go back to this. You're not confessing the word to change your circumstances. Today, you're changing your thinking so you're thinking like he is. And then you're on the receiving end of everything he wants to do for you. And we've got to understand that. I didn't when I first started out. And for a number of years, I tried throwing the word at a circumstance. If I just confess it enough, everything will change. No, no, that's not what it's about. I'm confessing the word. I'm making it a part of me so that when when a circumstance comes at me, let's just say fear. I mean, most negative circumstances, the root of negative circumstances is some kind of fear. See? So as I'm building myself, I'm building, building, and then all of a sudden, here comes fear. Comes at you. Right? Fear's coming at you to try to discourage you, to try to bring you down, try to do something. And, and, and when you're building yourself up, whoa, 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 God hasn't given me fear. I don't accept this. And it's not just confessing a scripture at it. It's confessing what that scripture means to you because of what you've, how you've said that and confessed that day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and it becomes a part of you. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're in that situation and bam! And you shut that thing down and the Bible, what did we just read in Mark eleven twenty two? 22? He said, if you believe that what you said, when you said it, if you really believe that, it'll change that circumstance. That's the way it works. We have to become firm believers of this. Some of you have heard, some of you have been here for a long time and you've heard these things taught for a long time, but tonight, there's a little different twist in how I'm preaching this and it can take you to a whole nother place in your life if you'll see what I'm saying. He said, today please listen, don't turn a deaf ear as in the bitter uprising. For who were the people who turned a deaf ear? Weren't they the very ones Moses led out of Egypt? And who was God provoked with for 40 years? Wasn't it those who turned a deaf ear and ended up corpses in the wilderness? You realize you can die a horrible death on this planet and be born again. You, you, you can just crumble and, and, and become a failure and, 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 and be destroyed in all different kinds of ways and be born again because you choose to. To do what? Turn a deaf ear. You choose not to make the Word of God a part of your life. To know God through the Word. And it's not the Word that someone else is praying over you. And, and listen, do we pray over each other? Absolutely. We know that. But it's not what someone else is doing for you. It's what you're doing and developing in your life. I'm just telling you, no matter how much you are maybe confused about what I'm saying tonight, it doesn't totally totally resonate. If you just don't quit, you'll get it. You'll get it. You'll get it. Somebody told me the other day. They came to me and they said, you know what? I get what you're saying. And they've heard the word for years. I get what you mean when you say this thing about confession. I, I get it finally. It just takes time. Just don't quit. 
And thank God for the mercy and the grace of God that is on our lives. We're bathed in that mercy and that grace if we accept it. And mercy and grace isn't a license to just get away with things. Mercy and grace is to be empowered, to be able to make those choices and see faith work in our lives. I'm telling you, people need you and I to be in faith and faith work for us. And when he swore they'd never get where they were going, wasn't he talking to the ones who turned a deaf ear? They never got there because, why? They never listened. They never believed. They never listened. They never believed. Chapter 4, verse 1. For as long then as the promise of resting in him pulls us onto God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. We received the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. They, they, one translation said they didn't mix faith with the word that they heard. That's what confession does. See, we're not waiting on God to do something, and we're not waiting on other people to help us and, and, and figure it all out for us. Yeah, help people. I mean, encourage people. Be, be, be connected to people. Pray for people. Do everything you can. But at the end of the day, it's what you pray and what you believe yourself. When you lay down at night, when you lay your head down at night, and what God is speaking to you and what you're believing when it's just you and Him, that's what matters. Can you say amen? If we believe, though, we'll experience that state of resting. But not if we don't have faith. Remember that God said, exasperated, I vowed, they'll never get where they're going, never be able to sit down and rest. God made that vow even though he'd finished his part before the foundation of the world. Somewhere it's written, God rested the seventh day, having completed his work, But in this other text, he says, they'll never be able to sit down and rest, so this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today, just as he did in David's psalm centuries earlier than the original invitation. Now, I'm I'm, I'm, uh, uh, finishing it, this part of it right here. Today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. And so this is still a live promise. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing the appointment for today. Everybody say today. So when is the day? When is today? Today's today. To do what? To believe God, right? To have faith in God. To trust God. To trust God in His promises, right? But the only way that you and I will ever trust is if we are taking this word and making it our own through what we say, what we confess, what we hear ourselves say, and what we choose to believe in the revelation that we take from it and apply it to our lives. It won't work any other way. He said, and and I'll end with these last two verses. He said, the promise of arrival and rest is still here for God's people. God himself is at rest. And at the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with God. So let's keep at it, eventually arrive at the place of rest, not drop out through some sort of disobedience. Verse 12, 
God means what He says. What He says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, this is the word, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey, nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. He opens us up to listen so we can hear and obey. That's what the Word of God does. Brings us to this place where one translation in this passage says, it judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's what the Word of God is here to accomplish and do in our lives. So, in reading all of that, I want to read these last few portions of Scripture. In James 3 and verse 2, we read this last week, and it says this, Indeed, we all make mistakes. I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and can also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, even though the winds are strong where that ship is concerned. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it's set on fire by hell itself. But, verse 2 said, if we can control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. And where does that start? It starts with changing your life by changing what you say starts by changing your life by changing the things that you say out of your mouth. If you don't think, if you think that what you say doesn't matter, if you think and you, you believe that what you say and the things that come out of your mouth or whatever you say about any person on planet earth or any situation on planet earth, you think it doesn't mean anything, you're deceived. Because until we change the way we talk, and the words that come out of our mouth, until we change that, we'll never change the way we think. So we're going down the path of life, not doing God's plan, but doing our plan, as he talked about the children of Israel. What were they doing? They chose their plan instead of God's plan. Miracle after miracle after manifestation after manifestation, and they kept choosing their plan over God's plan. God's telling us today, don't choose your plan. Your plan will end in destruction. It won't produce what I want it to produce in and through your life on this earth. But you get my plan, and you get my word in your mouth coming out of your mouth and building and strengthening your heart, you can accomplish anything. Romans 12, two, verse, Romans 12 and verse 2 in the New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will, God's way. The reason I read that story about the children of Israel is I wanted you to see that point. They kept doing it their way for 40 stinking years. For 40 years they kept after it. I don't know about you, but we don't have to stay at it that long. Yeah, we all have issues and things we got to get through, but, but the customs of the world will deceive you. Man, we live in a time right now where the customs of the world, I'm, I'm not talking about I'm not even talking about, you know, the, the, the sparkle of the world. I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the thinking of the world. You know, there's a lot of sparkle out there that's fun and it's good. Anybody like Disneyland? Man, I love it. Huh? A lot of sparkle at Disneyland. Oh, it's of the devil. No, it didn't. No, no, man. No. The imagination that goes on with Disneyland and what kids learn how to imagine in their lives amazing things in life, man, I mean, you can take that and apply it to the Word in an amazing way. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, you know, because when you know God in His way and you think like God, if there's something that's ungodly and it's not right, you'll choose not to do it. You'll choose against it. You don't have to be told, you can't do that and you can't. No, God's not a God of you can'ts. He's a God of, I want you to listen to me. What did the children of Israel not do? They didn't listen. And I'm telling you, you, you don't know how to listen if you don't have any word because if I'm looking at Joey right here and I'm saying, Joey, go get me a bottle of water. What would he do? He'd go get a bottle Why? Because of words. But if I just came up here and I went, And he's going, what? <laughs> right? There's no words. And that's what happens when there's no words coming out of our mouth. We don't have anything to hear when we need it in every given situation that we face. Can you say amen? amen. Ephesians 4 and 22. New living. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit... What's the job of the Holy Spirit? To teach you, to help you, right? To minister to you. He said, instead let the, the Spirit renew the thoughts, your thoughts and attitudes... Change your thoughts and attitudes. That's what Romans 12, 2 was saying. Change your thoughts and attitudes in life. That's what has to change. I'm telling you right now, I don't care what you think you know, you got some attitude that needs to change, and you got some thoughts that need to be renewed. I'm just telling you right now, I mean, be encouraged by what I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not preaching this thing at anybody. I'm preaching it at us. And I'm telling you, you got some attitude that needs to change and some thoughts that need to be renewed to do what? For what purpose? What did he say? So that you can put on the new nature created to be like God and truly be righteous and holy and walk in that way. That's what's pleasing to him is when we walk holy because we want to. Some attitudes 
and some thoughts. Because true maturity is witnessed in what comes out of your mouth all the time. You know, somebody may be confessing some word or whatever, but then circumstances and situations all day come and you hear every negative thing coming out of their mouth, every negative thing, every negative thing about someone else. That just means that word hasn't caught up some thoughts and some attitudes have not changed that need to change or you wouldn't talk like that. Maturity is seen when you change the way you talk. But you'll never change the way you talk until you first start talking like God. You talk the word, change your thoughts, change your attitudes, man, and all of a sudden people look at you and they think, I wonder why that guy didn't say and respond to that ugliness that just happened. I don't know about you, but I've responded ugly to some situations. Hmm? It's like, you're going to do that to me? I'll do that back to you. I live in Texas. We know how to smack them back. I'm going to tell you this story real quick, and then i got one last verse. My wife and I were in San Antonio a while back, and uh, she was running into Target. So I dropped her off, and I stayed in the car. She walked in, and I just sat there for a second, and this couple were walking by, and so I started driving past them. All of a sudden, the guy starts going ballistic. I mean, yelling and screaming, using every word you can think of in the book, yelling at me, accusing me of like running over him, like I was like I tried to run over. Him. And and I and I sat there, I, I started pulling away, and then I then I stopped. And when I stopped, which I should have never done, he started walking to the car. My wind, I rolled my window down. And he is yelling at me. And um, I mean, I, I just have to be honest with you. Ten years ago, I would have already been out of the car. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe the guy take me out, whatever, but we'll, we'll find out. I mean, I'm just saying, when somebody is blatantly yelling and screaming in your face, and I, I kind of pulled back like this in the window, because I knew he was going to try to punch me, and I was going to grab his hand and do something with it. And he didn't do anything. He just starts yelling. He, he said, you know, he called me. About four or five things that, man, anyway. So he starts walking off, and he said, you had to get out of here before I'll whoop you or do something, whatever he, he said to me. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
And so I started pulling off. He started walking towards the car, and I started pulling off. And he goes, ah, yeah, you chicken. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And so I pulled around and had to collect myself. Had to get rid of those thoughts of, running him over, (laughs) jerking him by the head and dragging him up to the front door of Target, you know, and, you know, and then there I am on the front page of the paper. (laughs) Pastor of Kerrville Church. Either that or he'd whoop me and I'd be on the ground. I don't know, whatever. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, so what are you going to do? And I, I, I mean, you know, my wife, were, we were down there just shopping and enjoying the evening and whatever, and, and it took me about two hours at least to get past it emotionally. But what I applied to my mind was the word I knew. I mean, I thank God for the Holy Ghost because had he not said that to me, I don't know what I'd have done. And you think, yeah, but, yeah, but you're... Uh, you know, but, but what was that whole thing? It was addressed at me. See, it was focused on me. And, and it was attacking the word I had inside of me. That's what it was after. I mean, it, it sobered me up. And, and, and that guy, I gave him a name. And where do you think I put his name? Because he's going to, if he does that again... To somebody that doesn't know God, that little guy is going to be a grease spot. So I'm praying for him. I'll always pray for him from that day on. But I, the, what, what liberated my life in that situation, I mean, I mean, just stop and think about it for a minute. My wife could be up here preaching right now because I'm in jail. You understand? <laughs> She's up here, and Lee's preaching, and Brian, and somebody, Joey, somebody else in here. I mean, other people be in here preaching. Why? Because, uh, well, your pastor's in jail, and court date's uh, not till July, and we don't know when he's going to get out. Right? I and mean, we're just talking about the truth. Stuff happens, but we have choices. I just... I, you know, it's kind of a funny story, but it's not. Because it's how real that life is. You got to know God. You, you got to hear Him. Don't resist Him talking to you. But you'll never develop your hearing if you don't develop your daily routine. No way. Impossible. Proverbs eighteen twenty. My last two verses. In the Amplified. Proverbs eighteen twenty and twenty one. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words. He must be satisfied, whether good or evil. i got to read that again. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. So in other words... 
the next verse is confirmed is confirming this verse. So who you are morally, what stops you from giving in to abuse? I mean, think of the abuse that Jesus took. This is just a guy yelling at me ugly names. Think of the abuse that Jesus took. And he never retaliated, not once, from the abuse that he took. He never retaliated. Situations like the one I'm talking about that happened with me, they shouldn't make you, they shouldn't produce fear in you. They shouldn't produce, oh my gosh, could something like that, would I really do? No, no, I'll never do that. I'll never react. Why? Because I know the God inside of me. I'm talking about, I heard his voice. What did he say? What are you going to do? I mean, the Holy Spirit didn't say, Look, you're a son of God, and you're, what are you going to do? Take that mess? He didn't say that. You know what he didn't say to me is? I need you to love this guy. Can you imagine in the day and the world we live in today, can you imagine doing something like that to somebody on the that you have no clue. I mean, I could have had a pistol right there and blew him away. You know what that says? He doesn't care, and he don't care if he dies. That guy needed my prayers. We've got to hear God. So morally, the way we live is the result of the fruit of my mouth. How I morally live is a result of what I say. And with the consequence of his words, he must be satisfied whether good or evil, based on what he says. Watch this, the last verse, 21st. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. <laughs> and they who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it, whether death or life. They'll eat the fruit of it. You will eat the fruit of what you believe based on what you say. And if you're not believing some things in the Word of God, it's because you're not saying it first. And when you begin to say it, over time you'll begin to believe it, and then when you need it, you'll hear His voice, what are you going to do? What God's Word says is one thing. You see the bumper sticker? God said it, I believe it. That settles it. Just If you have one of those on your car, rip it off. God said it, that settles it. So what, God, what God's Word says is one thing, then what I say over myself is something totally different. But what it needs to become is what God says is so. And when I make it personal, that causes me to believe in Him and believe in Him and trust Him in every situation that I face. Every situation in life that I face I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to care for it. I don't have to fret over it. Not anything. 
because my faith and confidence is in what he says is so, and I believe what he says is so is so. So when I'm in a tight situation like I was in, he came through because of what I believed. Listen to me. I'm leaving you with that thought. He came through for me based on what I believe. Based on what I say every day. I hear the voice of God. I do what he says and I worry about nothing. I say that over myself every day. I hear the voice of God. I do what he says and I worry about nothing every single day in every situation. Because I've said that for 15 years minimum, when I needed to hear the voice of God, it was there. Yeah, but Pastor, so what is it? No, no, no. No, in, when, when faith is developed and continuing to develop, you'll never get to the end of developing faith. But when faith is developed and you continue to develop that faith, there's no what if. You remove that from your vocabulary. It's not what if. It can be when, but not what if. Yeah, but you know, that this thing could happen. Okay, is God not greater than anything that could happen?